NBA Straya, what's going on? How are you? Here you go. That's right, it's Wednesday, January 17. Hump day all day. This is NBA Straya, and I am your host, James Clements. I'm a guy. What am I? The editor of a good website. It's called CodeBet. You can find that at codebet.com.au. You can see me on Fox Sports Lab NBA, Fox Sports Lab NFL, CodeBet Daily. I hang out around the Football Today podcast, the Cricket Today podcast, all that good stuff. Anyway, I'm here in the CodeBet studios, a.k.a. the James Clements Excellence in Podcasting Memorial Studio. Uh, we've only got three games to talk about today, but we had to battle the big men. That's right, Joker versus Embiid. It was a bit of a surprise, but it was very nice, so that was fun. Uh, we'll talk that out. We've got a bit of all-star news, the Intuit Dome. We've got Mike Brown. We've got... A couple of other little things popping off. Jimmy Butler's recorded a country album. Fantastic. Does he play Western? Uh, so we'll fly through all that today, as well as the game wraps. That's on an knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night. Better Lonzo Ball got some yeah, nazi unpopular opinion of the day. Now back take, yes. We were serving up a flame grilled take. Uh, what else? We've got a great moment in NBA Australia State history because that's the Delhi post that we had today, which would be fun. Uh, and we'll preview all 10 games for tomorrow. That's a lot. There's lots. I'll tell you what. Some really good ones in there too. Uh, and that'll be it because I'm in the office. It's always a bit tougher to do a skit in the office, so we'll just piss off out here. So hopefully a quick one. Anyway, without further ado, let's get into it. Episode 1020 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. You better. Especially if you're Luca. He's copying it from uh, Shaq now as well. Shaq's out there, man. I'll give my MVP to SGA. That man's boring out right now. It's like, all right, thanks, Shaq. Good job. Uh... Let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily whoosh. That's a whip around for those playing along at home. Uh, I don't have the button because I'm in the office. I really should figure out the buttons in here, shouldn't I? Anyway, some news. Pascal Siakam might have a bit of a trade on our hands here. Sham set the uh, basketball world alight. The Raptors and the Pacers are in active talks on a trade centered on two-time All-Star Pascal Siakam for a package. Or rather, because it's Shams, and he's not a writer. For package that includes <laughs> three first-round picks, league sources say. Uh, interesting gear, this one, because I think we talked about on this year's show how that's exactly what the Pacers need, right? They are the sort of big scoring wing that you can put next, next to Halliburton, uh, next to Turner, and away you go. I did throw out the idea of Kuzma. It might cost a little bit less. Uh, Siakam on the expiring contract as well. It's pretty interesting. He's uh, also sort of come out and said that he's going to re-sign in the summer. He doesn't want to sign an extension or give a verbal commitment to where he ends up going, right? So this got thrown out there that the Pacers, the Hawks, the Kings, the Warriors, the teams that have been most sort of in line to trade for Siakam, uh, basically you would be trading for him without the sort of commitment from him that he'll stick around. Which is always a bit squirrely, isn't it? Yes, Jim, it is. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I believe it was Hollinger who came out and said that the idea that Bruce Brown, Jordan Nawara, and ain't no stopping, OB topping, gets you to the salary match for Siakam to get him. Uh, Siakam replaces topping in the thing anyway. You've got a team option on Brown. So Indy could also take in Otto Porter. I like to get Porter into the cap room as part of a trade. So, I mean, three firsts for Siakam seems pretty fucking rich for a dude who's on an expiring contract. And Masai's like, bro, I'll fucking make it five if I have to. (laughs) But Siakam on Indy would be fantastic, obviously. Like, it's just exactly sort of the move where they just throw it in and go hammer and tongs and just go, we're fucking on here, boys. Check this out. So, would he vault them? Here we go. Yeah, nah. Would Siaka make them a legitimate contender in the East? Yeah, nah. It's 
it puts them in a different conversation. They're already 23 and 17. They've lost Halliburton for a little while with his uh, – he pinged his hammy, didn't he, or his groin. Um, I think it was a hammy in the end. But 23 and 17, they've obviously got a piss-poor defense at 123.5 points per game. They are still scoring at 125. That's good. They're in the sixth seed currently. They've lost two on the trot, though. And that's the sort of thing. It's like, all right, Halliburton has obviously kicked it up to a new level. Turner's been really good this season. You've still got Buddy Heald there as a potential trade chip. Uh, you've got other dudes like Benny Matherin. You've got Jarris Walker. You've got some dudes, but do you have a guy, you know? Do you, do you have a guy? Is there a guy on this roster? Halliburton is a guy. Can he be the guy on a legit contender? That's a really good question, and it's a really important one because this is the way that you can sort of get stuck building like a pretty good team but not a great team. You go, well, we've got a great point guard. We've got Siakam. We've got Turner. We've got some weapons. We've got Benny. We've got Jarris. It's like, all right, what else you got? What else have you got? Does this get you through to an Eastern Conference Finals? Does this give you a puncher's chance in an East Finals against, like, the Bucks, let alone the Celtics, let alone the Sixers? And that's sort of the thing. I think it just puts them back on a happy level where they're with the Cavs, with the Heat, with the Knicks as that next tier in the East, right? So we'll see if it happens. It'll be interesting. It probably will happen, obviously, you know after we put this show out, because, of course, that's how it will happen. The Clippers are hosting the All-Star Game next year, the 75th NBA All-Star Game at the Intuit Dome. Oh, bro, are you getting into it? Oh, man, I'm fully into it. Bro, I'm fucking super into this one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Steve Ballmer saw, you know, put on his little funny bike hat, hard hat, which was fun, uh, and sort of took everybody on a tour, did a press conference where he was super weird in classic Ballmer fashion, you love it. Uh, he's going to have the wall of sound. That's right. I love this idea. The Clippers have released rules for the wall as well. 51 uninterrupted rows of fans. You can't cheer for the opposition team. I don't know how they track that. But Bomber's got some plans for that, I'll tell you. If you get up, we'll know you stood up as long as you want us to. You've got to give us permission, he said. This is fucking terrifying, BT Dubs. We'll know how loudly you cheer. If you're good on those things, we'll give you little discounts, discounts around the shop to reinforce that excellent behavior behavior that we want and need out of our fans. So he got to say all that wearing his bright little vest and his funny little helmet. Um, you got to register for a chuck mark. You got to follow them on IG. You got to buy a jersey. You got to be a season ticket holder. Three or four different things. You're not going to sit there if you're not really on our team. <laughs> I love, look, conceptually, I love it. The only problem is it's the Clippers. This is a good way to try to build something from nothing because you've got fuck all fans anyway, right? So why not fucking shoot for the stars <laughs> and force people to go for your team? It's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. I've watched this happen in Brooklyn where they tried to sort of start the Brooklyn Brigade they didn't know how to sort of deal and handle the Brooklyn Brigade for years. A bunch of hardcore fans who were just like super into it and enjoyed the team, loved the team, and they sort of didn't lean into it. Then they kind of leaned into it. Now they sort of use them a lot more. The Clippers, they've got a lot more money. They've got a lot more boots on the ground. This will be interesting to see what they do. So kind of like it, kind of love it. Love the idea of the wall. Let's see how they execute it. DeJounte Murray! The Hawks have apparently come to the realization that it doesn't work with DeJounte next to Trey Young. Uh, anybody who watches basketball could have been like, uh, should we fire it up? Oh, no! Fucking yesterday. Last week. The week before that. Last year, even. We could have all gone, yeah, bro, it's not working because you're shit. That's basically it. So, hey, is this working? No. Your team still stuck. Sucks, you fucking idiots. Anyway, uh, the Hawks are basically kicking the tires on trading Murray. Be interesting to see where he goes. I'm still saying, let's go Brooklyn. Mike Brown fired 50, find, fired, find $50,000. Uh, not just for his awesome pitch deck presentation on his laptop. Uh, also, how nerdy is the phrase pitch deck? It's like, all right, just cool. It's a pitch deck. Yeah, it's a presentation. Fucking settle down. <laughs> oh, we've got a we've got a stand up. Yeah, it's just call it a meeting. 
Joe Dumas was like, yep, it was for aggressively pursuing a game official during live play and for publicly criticising the officiating. That's the old double whammy. Darius Rucker, Judy Garland got the wire out of his jaw, so he's cleared for a little bit of on-court practice, which is good. Broken jaws, man. Ugh. No, not cool. Not cool at all. But that's good. Darius on his way back. Mobley is also sort of uh, doing a little bit of light on-court work as well. So hopefully he'll be back on that sort of six-week trajectory from about a month ago when he left. So Cavs, interesting stuff. They are rolling anyway. They're 23 and 15. They won five on the trot. So, you know, maybe they don't have to make a trade. Or maybe it's just a really good example of exactly why Garland and Mitchell don't work together because once you sort of have them play together, it's a weird sort of redundancy. But anyway, Crowder could be back for the Bucks as well. He's been out for the last two months after core muscle surgery. Uh, so he's been cleared to return to the lineup against the Cavs tomorrow. That'll be fun. Zubac, Zoobs. He's out four weeks with a calf strain. That stinks. He'll be really re-evaluated in four weeks with his calf. You'd hate to ping a calf, wouldn't you? What sort of lunatic would ping a calf? I haven't done it for a little while, and it sucks when you do. Anyway, uh, that's a little shout to the boss there. Uh, James Dolan and Harvey Weinstein were, la- were uh, named in a interesting lawsuit. So, I don't know. Seems like a weird one. It was reported on by Baxter Holmes and ESPN uh, about sort of unwanted sexual advances and a bunch of other stuff. It's very fucking gross. Dolan and Weinstein's lawyers have both come out and gone, yeah, this is some bullshit, uh, which is what you'd expect their lawyers to say. Uh, Otherwise, weird. How much do you reckon Adam Adam Silver was asked about? He's like, "Uh, this is the, I just read the story. I'm not going to say anything more until I know more. How much do you reckon Adam Silver's like, Please let this be true. Please let this be true. Like not saying that he'd wish sexual like advance, unwanted sexual advances, etc., on anybody. But do you reckon Adam Silver's like, this could this could be the silver bullet that fucks Dolan up? I still don't think anything like Dolan feels bulletproof, like at this point. Just rusted on. And Jimmy Butler is gonna release a country album. Great. <laughs> Unless it's like Lil Nas X, I don't give a fuck. Right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps, game raps. Three awesome, weird, wild, and wacky games today. To be honest, after a couple of blowouts, well, we had blowout Friday last week. Had a couple of big blowouts yesterday. All three games today were absolutely psychotic. Yeah, Denver versus Philly, the big men play. Sacramento Phoenix came right down the wire, and Sacramento shit right down their leg. And gave up the ghost. And uh, the Clippers played a really entertaining game against the, uh, the Thunders. And then held them off right at the end. Uh, so let's start with Philly and Denver. The Sixers win at 126-121. It actually happened. That's right. Joker versus Embiid. For I think what was the third time in the last four years, five years, that they've actually faced off. Embiid has been ducking him. Joker's taken a game off here and there. Uh, and the Sixers were really, really good. Like really good. They don't look all that pretty, you know, the Sixers, but they are wildly effective sometimes. And this is one of their wildly effective games. Uh, They stuck with it because it nearly got away from them at the end of the third quarter, right? They basically barely scored for the last five minutes of the third quarter, gave up a 15-2 run, looked like they'd cooked it completely. The Nugs got up six points with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter as well. And then bang, Philly, they rip off a 21-10 run to close it all out. From down six without eight and a bit minutes to go to up 10 with four minutes, 21 to go. Seriously, it was insane. It was the biggest 16-point turnaround in like fucking about four minutes of game time. It was absolutely psychotic. Mook Morris hit a couple of shots. Maxi was incredible. And then Embiid, he scored eight points in about a minute 10. It was just silly. The thing is, they also only then scored three points after that. Like, it was three free throws as well. <laughs> but they held on just because the Nuggets couldn't get anything to drop either. MPJ was just, like, wildly frustrated and angry. Joker kept missing. KCP couldn't hit the side of a fucking barn. So this turns out to be a really big win for uh, Philly on a back-to-back where Embiid has played in both, scored 41 points in both, but he finally out Joker. Well, again... He had a really good game against Joker last year, or against the uh, Sixers last year, you might remember. But 
still, this is, you know, good for burnishing the reputation, isn't it? Joker goes for 25 and 19. He had 11 offensive rebounds. They had a shit ton of offensive rebounds, did uh, Denver, and it felt like that was where they were going to beat them. But it never eventually sort of, uh, you know, helped them too much in terms of like 16, what is it? Yeah, 16 offensive rebounds, which is very clearly a fuckload. But in terms of second chance points, ends up 22 second chance points for Denver versus nine for Philly. They made them pay a fair amount, but it was just like they were dominating, dominating, dominating. Philly just kept hitting threes. Philly shot 56%, and it was just brutal all around for Denver. And it's one of those things where you do go, all right, Denver, you want to ratchet up that defense a little bit? I don't know, just asking, just asking. Uh, Yoka, 25-19 and three assists. This is the thing. It's one of those uh, sort of also weird corollaries where if you let Denver just go, cool, have Joker shoot 20 times. What's your win rate then? And, uh, yeah, they're like eight and eight, I think, this season when Joker takes that many shots. So... He shoots less, they win more, but he still has a 25-19-3 and three game, but he has four turnovers to his three assists. So pretty strange one. 20 and 5 for Michael Porter Jr., 4 of 8 from downtown. Had a weird couple of hiccups late. Jam and Jamal Murray at 17 and 10, 7 to 16 shooting for him. And then you have Aaron Air Gordon with 16, 6 and 4. KCP goes 2 of 7 from downtown. He had 13 all up. Reggie, Reggie Jackson and Christian Brown, Braun, uh, both went 2 of 3 from downtown as well. 10 and 11 points respectively. But it just didn't feel like their offense was like, even though they scored 121 points, which is obviously a lot, and they shot 50% from the floor, it didn't feel like it came quite as naturally. But this was the coolest part of this game. Like, it was just a fucking arm wrestle the entire time. And they could never have that sort of specific Denver run where they just sort of, I mean, they did it in the third quarter, but in that fourth quarter, you're just waiting for it to happen, and it just never did. Philly, they shot 56%, as I said, from the floor and 48% from three, 15 to 31 from downtown. Again, I'm no math magician, but that's pretty good. 41, 7, and 10 for Embiid, pretty bloody good. 25 and 9 for Maxi. He went 4 of 9 from deep. 24 and 5 rebounds and 4 assists for Tobias the Never Nude Harris. He shot 8 of 10. Not bad. And same with Pat Bev, Batum, and Mook. They all hit threes. They went five of eight from downtown between them. Big difference, right? When you've got your sort of veteran role players just knocking in some shots. It just sort of bumps everything up a little bit and keeps the offense rolling. That's why I said it doesn't look pretty, but it can be effective. So good job by Denver to sort of keep themselves in this game on the road. But Philly just out-executed, sort of just down the stretch. They're now 26 and 13, Philly. Denver dropped the 28 and 14. Sacramento! Insane, stupid, hilarious game by the Kings where they shit down their leg in insanely expert fashion and give up a 19 to 2 run at the end of this game to lose it. 119, 117 in Phoenix. It was a 113 96 game. Sacramento were leading. 113 96. And then. Absolute balls up by the Kings. Still Sacramento. Uh, Absolutely brutal. Like, absolutely brutal. They just could not stop anybody. KD went absolutely ham in the fourth quarter. Uh, Eric Gordon suddenly started hitting threes. Grayson Allen was unstoppable. And Phoenix pulled this from absolutely out of their ass. Seriously, it was an incredible game. It was hilarious. And you sort of came away from this going, uh, are the Kings okay? Because they don't look okay. And even when they're up 20 late, I was like, um, I'm not going to stop watching this game because it is well within their purview to shit themselves and lose this game. And what happens? Exactly that. So as I said, right, 113 to 96 in this game, in the fourth quarter, with five minutes left. Five minutes left. It's 113.96. And then it's a 23 to 4 run from there. That is absolutely incredible. Grayson Allen hits a three. Durant dunks. Durant makes a three. In between there, you've got like a uh two a pair of uh bullshit horrible Kings turnovers. You have another Kings turnover. KD misses a three. Grayson Allen blocks a monk drive. 
Brad Beal gets a dunk. They have a block by Durant on Fox. Durant then turns around and makes a three. It was the coolest sequence in this game. Uh, Sabonis actually scores for them then and puts them back up six. Out of nowhere, they pulled it back within, you know, seven points. Then it's a four-point game. Suva scores. Eric Gordon hits a three. Then he hits another three. Durant closes it out with free throws. After they, after Eric Gordon ties it up, KD gets a foul and boom. Fox hits a nice jump shot to tie it back up and then fouls KD with a second left. KD makes both free throws. Game over. Hilarious gear. Kings, what are you doing? Fires in laser. Oh, shit, we fucked it. Sabonis, 21, 12, and 11 for him. Fox had 33, six assists, six to 10 from deep as well. Really good game from him, but wasn't helped by his mate Malik Monk, who went 5 of 16 for 13 points, 2 of 7 from downtown. Brutal. Keegan Murray is really good, 18 points. He went 3 of 5 on threes. Uh, Vezenkov had 14 as well. 18 of 40 from downtown as a team, but they got out-rebounded by 15, did the Kings. 31 to 46. And the Suns knocked in 17 threes their own on 37 tries. They had 16 turnovers and still won. Absolute chaos. KD had 15 points in the fourth quarter. He had three threes in that quarter as well. He finishes with 27. Booker had 16 and 11, sort of conducting everything. But it was, uh, for me, obviously, Grayson Allen, 29, 6, and 5. Hit nine threes. Grayson Allen, absolutely beside himself. Bloke looks like fucking your old mate, Coach K. He's going gray. He needs to start dyeing his hair like Coach K. Uh, Brad Beal, 13, 3, and 5 as well. He went 0 4 from deep, but Grayson Allen hitting nine helps out. Gordon goes out. Yeah, Gordon goes 3 7 from downtown. Two of those back to back right at the end when they needed him. He has 13 points. And Nurk, 10 and 15. Good double double from him. Sacramento dropped the 23 and 17. They've now lost just brutal game after brutal game on the road. They drop a tough one, obviously, to the Sixers, then lose that overtime game to the Bucks. And this just absolute fucking barn burner against the Suns. You are hilarious, Sacramento. Never stop. Never change. We love you. And then finally, Clippers hold off the Thunder, 128-117. Weird game. Chet played like dog shit. Couldn't get a rebound. Couldn't get a fucking point to drop. J-Dub was incredible, though. SGA, it felt like on a back-to-back OKC, were so like they were always within punching distance, always within spitting distance. They could never quite get over the hump. Like the Clippers sort of just held them at arm's length almost the entire game. It felt like the Clippers were up between four and nine points this entire game. And then they win by 11 just because the Thunder, look, they just got a little bit scrappy down the stretch, missed a few shots. They pull Giddy, obviously, as they always fucking do. Uh, It's like they were like, well, Dort's hit a bunch of shots. Maybe he'll keep doing it. And then he didn't. J-Dub was awesome. They took the lead with three minutes to go and then gave up. It was a 14-2 run in the last three and a half minutes. So very similar to Sacramento, right? But this is a young team that you kind of expect it to happen. They gave up a three-point play to Paul George. Kawhi hits a free throw. Paul George hits another three. J-Dub hits a jumper to keep them right there within it. Harden has a nice little floater. Dort has a turnover. Paul George hits another three, and you're like, geez, this is just brutal. Paul George dunks again, and there, boom, up 11, and that was it. No one scored in the last minute. So with that three-and-a-half-minute bit where they were right there and they are up, it literally took two-and-a-half minutes for, well, you know, two minutes and 15 seconds for the Clippers to go, that's cute, bang, here's 12 points on your head. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say it again. The Clippers are the most dangerous team in the West that isn't the Nuggets. They really are. So awesome game, fun game. Clippers win it, beat the Thunder. Oh, tough LA back-to-back for the Thunder. You knew it. But could have been a little bit different. SGA didn't have his best game. Shot 6 of 16, 0 of 3 from downtown. He had 19 points, 4 assists, 2 blocks, 2 turnovers. He was a minus 19. J-Dub had 25, 3, and 7. He shot 10 of 14. He looked incredible at times. Dort hit 5, 8 from 3. He had 19 points. Uh, Giddy, the 9, 4, and 4. Not great. 8, 5, and 5 for Chet. Isaiah Joe hit 5 threes. Kept them going. Uh, but very precious little else. Precious little else. Precious. 
Aaron Wiggins hit a three late. He had seven points on three or four shooting. And so did Micic. He had three or four uh, for his seven points. Cason Wallace played 15 minutes. He had five points too. But they just, oh, it's so brutal sometimes. They just sort of need that little bit more scoring out of probably Giddy in this position to really sort of get them rolling. And he went four of nine for his nine points. Not great. It doesn't help when Chet has probably his worst game as a uh, rookie, right? Eight points on 10, sh- 10 shots is uh, not ideal. They shot 50% as a team, 16 of 34 from downtown. Paul George, absolutely incredible in this one. 38, 7 and 5 with three steals. Kawhi, <laughs> 16, 5 and 6. 16 for Harden with eight assists. 14, 5 and 2 for Mason Plumley. Rusty at 11 and 4 as well. Coffee went 3 of 3 from downtown for his nine. Yeah, Danny Tice have nine points and eight rebounds. Out muscling Chet every time he got a fucking chance to. This is like one of those learning games for Chet where he's like, okay, Plumley and Tice, a couple of big white dudes. I'll be able to play out. Oh, shit. Nah, they're bigger and tougher than me. They're a pair of veterans. They're just going to muscle my shit, and that's what happened. So didn't hurt that the Clippers hit 20 of 43 from downtown and shot 54%, but that's sort of like the next sort of thing for the Thunder, right? Improve that defense, go from there. So uh, that leaves the Thunder at 27 and 13, 11 and 8 on the road. Clippers 17 and 4 at home now and 26 and 14 overall. With that all in mind, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the Knights. <laughs> That's a knife. Three games, three obvious ones. Joel Embiid, 41, 7, and 10. He was unreal. Outdueled the Joker. Played his ass off. 36 from downtown. 13 to 22 from the floor. Durant, absolutely stupid. 27 points, 15 in the fourth quarter. Four of eight from deep. You love it when he's knocking in threes, KD. He went, what, three for in the fourth quarter. Incredible gear. And of course, Paul George, what an explosion down the stretch for him. 38 points, seven rebounds, five assists, three steals, shoots 15 and 24 and hits six of 12 threes. That is bloody good. Good job, Paul George. Playoff P. <laughs> All right, let's do Spud of the Night. Spud, 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 That would be the entire Kings team for shitting down their collective legs. They literally shit in a helmet and then put it on their heads. Like, it was just a horrible watch. You knew it was going to happen. It's like watching a slow motion car wreck. You're like, don't do that, don't do that. Oh, they did it. Fuck, where are you going to get that fixed? Uh, they still shot 50% as a team, but I want to throw this on Malik Monk, who has a whinge about the fucking refs after the game. It's like, Malik, mate, if you drove once, you might get a fucking call. Settle down. He went 2 or 7 from downtown, 5 or 16 overall. Uh, and obviously Chet, I don't like to throw rookies into spuds of the night, but Chet had one of his worst games that we've had this year. 2 or 10, not great. Eight, five, and five. So, look, but still, the Kings, that was just, you can't be up by that much and shit the bed. That's just, I can't take you seriously now, Sacramento. What are we doing here? Yeesh. What about old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? It's <laughs> the puppy who weed on the floor in Phoenix. That was pretty fun. Uh, because the Kings are going to be like, God damn it. They got their asses handed to him after the uh, puppy weed on the floor as well. Um, interestingly, though, that came with KD playing center. So just keep that in the back of your mind when you're watching Phoenix from here on out, right? Where they go, right, who's our backup big? And if they go, uh, actually, it's probably Kevin Durant. That's probably a good thing. Just saying. Pantsing of the Knights, obviously the Kings. <laughs> Because that was an all-time panting. Seriously, within a couple of minutes, you've completely blown a massive lead and shit everywhere. Just, like, painted the town brown. <laughs> it was absolutely atrocious gear by Sacramento. Uh, once a king, always a king, huh? That's how they roll. Uh, who is better than Lonzo Ball? Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. You're coming for everybody. 
coming for everybody. He might have the most punchable face in the entire NBA, but Grayson Allen, uh, the man who I tracked down at that NBA draft when he went 21st overall to Utah, had himself a pretty bloody good game, didn't he? 29 points, five rebounds, six assists, two steals, two blocks, two turnovers, but he was a plus 21 in a game they won by two. That is just silly. Seriously, he shot 10 of 17 from the floor, 9 of 14 from downtown. Those numbers are both better than Lonzo Ball ever put up. Grayson Allen, you absolute little ripper. And if we are going to change this to better than Ben Simmons, like it's very clearly better than Ben Simmons' best three-point shooting outing. Not that that's hard. (laughs) But he tied the Suns franchise record with nine threes. uh, And really... There's a bloke out there in the NBA with uh, multiple games of nine plus three-pointers made this season. The list is Grayson Allen, and that's it. Not bad. Not bad. He's the first Suns player to have multiple games of nine plus threes. He was incredible today. He still has a wildly punchable face, though. You know? All right. Let's do some ENRs right after this uh, where's the button it's this one Jim this is Cam Glidden this is Anthony Drimmick this is Mitch McCarran this is Jason Kiddy this is Daryl McDonald hey guys this is Hugh Greenwood yo what's going on this is Ellie. this is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho and you're listening to NBA Australia you're listening to NBA Australia and you're listening to NBA Australia and you're listening to NBA Australia 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 All right, let's do it. Some NBA Australia. Yeah, now it's brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Go to nbaaustralia.com slash shop or click. If you're on the socials, get yourself a hoodie, get yourself a T-shirt, all the good stuff, get a stubby holder. Why not get a coffee mug as well? You can start your day with NBA Australia and then, you know, move on to the better stuff with a stubby holder while repping your favorite daily Australian NBA show hosted by a bearded ginger. I hope that's mine, show. <laughs> but you won't better be. Right. Had a couple of you now sent in today, so let's do it. Uh, Dan Drosher, Raptors shooting 40% from three last 10 games. And then yesterday they go 4 of 32. At least half of them were wide open. Amazingly, they were within four points a minute or so, uh, with a minute or so to go. Missed another open three. Trade Siakam to the paces for anyone that can shoot. Please. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I feel like this is why you'd probably want Buddy Heald in that trade, right? Like, he's still kind of young. Uh, that sort of gives Scoob and Denny Schroeder, I am German Rondo, a dude that you can pass to who can actually hit a three. Uh, and it sort of gives you at least, like, a look at Buddy Heald where you can then go, do we want to trade him down the road? Whatever. You sort of have him and Gary Terrence, Trent Darby Jr. at pretty big numbers at that point. Uh, but both who can sort of shoot. And I kind of don't mind that. So if you can throw Buddy in that trade, perhaps, maybe you're feeling pretty good about it. But obviously, it feels like Toronto are like, draft picks, give us the draft, send us all your draft picks. Meanwhile, Scotty Barnes is going to be like, oh, man. Uh, but I don't mind that. Anyone who can shoot. This is the thing. The Pacers just need shooters as well, though, right? You've got Tyrus Halliburton setting up everybody. Just give him shooters. Simple as that. But Siakam to the Pacers, it does feel pretty good. Kuzma to the Pacers was always still a pretty good vibe. But after... I'm going to... Yeah, I'll talk about that in a second. But, jeez. After a game like today, you got to look at the Kings and go, whoa. Thomas. Tommy Lee. He's like, hey, Jim. Yeah, nah, for the next show. Any fucking danger of OKC giving Gids a bit of support? Tough watching an OKC game at the moment when he gets booed every time he touches the ball. Judging by their social media, I think the tactic they're going with is just pretending he's not there. Yeah, nah, yeah. It is pretty fucking dire. And I think it's gotten a bit out of hand because I think we had a really good comment uh, up on our, I think it was the uh, the Giddy post that we had from the other day when he had his triple-double. And sort of talking about the simple idea that... Um, yeah, he's getting fucking booed every time he touches the ball. And it's based on exactly what now? You know? It's kind of just 
it's gotten sort of beyond the pale. It's like you've done some investigation. We know that that's going on. How have we not found anything? How have we not gotten any news? And how have you not putting this to fucking sleep? Because Gids is being put through the fucking ringer every time he's doing anything. It's going to be taking a giant fucking toll on the poor kid. And there's been nothing official that's been said or done, right? This is all still coming about fucking Twitter allegations. And, like, until we have anything fucking solid, OKC are doing him a giant disservice, I think, by sort of just going, oh, yeah, yeah, what are you talking about, man? (laughs) It's fucked. It is fucked. Seriously, like, either back him to the hilt and go, we don't think there was any wrongdoing. Legally, obviously, they're going to be sort of trying to, like, try their hardest to not say or do anything that can fuck him up. But Jesus... They're just leaving the kid out to dry, hang out, hanging him out to dry, and it's fucked beyond belief in my look. So, not good. Anyway, of course, if he did have improper fucking relations with a minor, like he's done fucked up and he should pay the fucking price. But at the moment, show us some proof or something. Fuck me dead. Anyway, Scotty Baxter was always gonna was also gonna say if the Mavs can lock in a top four. Oh yeah, Scotty was also messaging me about the um the 65-game threshold and how it's going to start becoming a bit of a problem, which I covered on yesterday's show. And it's funny, literally as soon as I said that on yesterday's show, I think an article popped up this morning. So uh, anyway, I was going to say, if the Mavs can lock in a top four spot in the West, is Doncic a legit MVP contender? But they are so inconsistent, not sure if that will happen. We'll be lucky to get top six. Yeah, nah. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those sort of key points that kind of gets lost in a bit of this. Like SGA and OKC. If they end up top three, that's fucking huge for SGA. Embiid, it feels like Philly are obviously in that top tier in the East. One, two, three. He's out dual Joker again. Pretty good. He might just miss the games played fucking threshold. But it was interesting to see him play today, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Joel Embiid, who's been out with knee swelling, goes back-to-back games. And the second one's against a contender. Interesting. Uh... So Luca, it feels like as soon as he gets back into this Mavs lineup, has to go absolutely hammer and tongs and fucking like really make this Mavs team really fucking like get rid of some of this inconsistency and mold this into a legit team that beats good teams, that is awesome at home, and he is like the fucking driving force beyond it. Then he's right there in that fucking MVP conversation, right? You can't. If he's not in the top echelon of the West, it's going to be a really hard conversation. Just saying, down the track. Just saying. Just saying. Right. What about unpopular opinion of the day? Now, look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I mean, the Kings after today, I love them. But these, you are not serious people. To just, you know, channel a bit of succession. That is just, what are you doing? What At what point do you go, hey, Mike Brown, get your head out of your ass, call a timeout. He's like, nah, I'm going to have another whinge about the refs. But seriously, the Kings have got to upgrade that Huerta. Huerta! The ginger ninja, the wing spot from just to anything. It has to have like a hint of defense to it, I think, because Huerta is shit. And Harrison Barnes, look, God love him, but he is not great. It's a bit of a zero, and it's the sort of thing where you go, the Kings should be kicking the absolute fucking tires on, like, a Kuzma trade. A, uh, I mean, Kuzma's definitely not going to help their defense, but at least he's been there in big spots and isn't afraid to take a fucking shot. Siakam, it does feel like that's the exact spot for Siakam, though, doesn't it? It really does. But maybe you should have, I mean, he's a lunatic, but what about someone like Johnny Isaac? Orlando, I've got, like, a big roster crunch anyway. They need a point guard. Maybe throw a Davion Mitchell their way and sort of see if they want to have a look. Do some other stuff. Go get a Johnny Isaac. That'd be interesting. All right. What about Outback Takehouse, though? Oh, let's do it. Where's the Outback Takehouse bit, Jim? I don't know on this board. I've got to find it, bruv. I've got to find it. Here we go. Let's do it. It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means. Oh, yeah. We're in the office. So... In the office, you know what you do for your Outback Takehouse? That's right, you just have a fucking bit of a fried banana. Maybe a bit of yogurt. There you go, that's Aussie as. A banana and yogurt. 
It's today's dessert only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is Adam Silver is definitely the one who leaked all this stuff behind the James Dolan thing as a long-running escapade to oust Dolan and take control of MSG for somebody else and also to help Penn Station only at Outback. Adam Silver's also very clearly busy rigging it, so we get a Nuggets Sixers finals, I reckon, right now. The Battle of the Big Men. Nice. All right, really quick Australian player watch because we obviously only had the one Aussie in action today and already sort of gone, I've already gone over it because uh, you did have our man Josh Giddyup go for the 9.4 rebound, four assist game, but he shot four of nine from the floor and one of three from downtown. He did miss a big three late where you're like, that's the three we sh- would really like to see you hit there, Josh. Corner three, fourth quarter. I think it was the fourth quarter. It's like, just come on, hit that one. It's all about confidence sometimes. That's the sort of shot we want to see you hit. Absolutely crush it. He missed. Uh, he had a really nice assist to uh, J-Dub. Yeah, he might not have taken that shot in the fourth quarter. It might have been the third. Um, let's have a look. Yes. That was apparently the start of the third quarter. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Is that the only shot I'm talking about? Maybe. Anyway, um, strange one, but, you know, get that on the big jobs. What he's going through, though, it probably isn't great for your basketball, you know, confidence, I guess. Anyway, otherwise, that was the only Aussie in action because no one on the Clippers, no one on the Suns, no one on the Kings, no one on the Nugs, and no one on the Sixers. All right, should we do a... uh, Actually, I don't know if we've got a great moment in NBA Australia stat history drop here, do we? Let's have a look. Yes, we do. Let's do it. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Okay, let's do it. We have that. We can now play this. It's hard to believe, but only nine short years ago, the outback Jesus himself, King Deli of Maribara, first of his name, smasher of tins, Matthew Delavidova, was busy leading an unproven Cleveland Cavaliers team to their second ever NBA Finals appearance, capably backed up by LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love. That's right, on this day back in 2015, Deli put in more hard yakker than a Newcastle docker in a game that could only be described as one of the most perfect showings in the history of the sport. Comprised of nothing but fast twitch sinew and mongrel desire in typical hard-nosed fashion, the Miraborough Marvel led the Cavs to a win over Wingen Blake Griffin's LA Clippers and did so with more flair than a young Dermot Brereton. Just sands that magnificent, magnificent, <laughs> magnificent permed mullet and rambling commentary. Delhi earned his post-game, post-game strawberry Big M and Chico roll that day by limiting Chris the Prick Paul to 4 of 15 shooting and generally making his life more miserable than a dog left in the rain. Because not content with frustrating Chris Paul more than Nick Kyrgios does to easily offended Sooks, Deli also chucked in eight points of his own, going two of five from the field but hitting four of his five free throws. That all went with five crisply sublime dimes and two rebounds so scrappy they scored a cameo in the last Scooby-Doo movie. And all this came in only 23 minutes from the Outback Jesus. Because the thing is, Dally only played those 23 minutes because the mongrel ref slugged the poor bugger with five fouls. Five in 23 minutes. Come on, ref. Dally's never committed a foul in his life. Bend over and use your good eye, would you? Classic bloody anti-Australian bias limiting what the one true point God, Dally could have scored at least 14 if they'd let him play. Still a ripping all-time classic game from our one true saviour, the King of Maryborough. No wonder he'd end up carrying LeBron and company to an NBA title the following season. Three votes, M. Deliver Dover. On your King Deli. First of his name, Smasher of Tins, Decker of Beal, Z, and Stopper of Curries. Love that. Absolutely love it. All right, what about a Patty Mills Game Day ball or Game Day Twitter check-in? Uh, do we have the drop for this one is the question. I don't know where the songs are on this thing. <laughs> Press the button, Jim. No, don't have it. What is going on? How do I not have that song? That's a bit weird. Oh, we'll we'll close it out, I guess, with a bit of this song. Yeah, there we go. 
We'll go with the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in with a bit of... Let's have a look at the IGs. What do we got? We got Jock. thought I saw Jock just pop up. Where'd you go, Jock? There he is. Oh, out in New York with the Misso. It's an interesting bar. In Soho. Fuck, that looks pretty familiar, actually. Looks like one of those French, really cool French places down in... Uh, fuck, I think I know where that is. Anyway, and then they've also gone birthday shopping. Oh, isn't that nice? You'd hope you'd buy uh, the Misso a nice birthday present when you've signed that $8 million contract. Right. Let's do some game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How's it all going? Yeah, not bad. Good day in the office. Uh, watching a lot of sport. Uh, how did we go on the picks today? I think we went two of three. Oh, no. One of three. Fuck. Because uh, Denver, we actually somehow had all the underdogs. Sacramento covered. Okay, so did not and nor did the nug. So one of three. That's a bit of a tough one. Tomorrow, though, we've got Minnesota at Detroit. Detroit got a win the other day against Washington. I think Minnesota, look, we know that Detroit have got some big bodies, but Minnesota should kick the fuck out of Detroit. Minus 11 and a half. Let's go mini minus 11 and a half in a heartbeat. Um, they should really just mess this Detroit team up. Millie Walkay, it's Algonquin for the good land. They go to Cleveland. Cleveland. Interesting game, this one. Uh, the Cavs are somehow seemingly four-and-a-half-point underdogs at home, uh, despite having won five on the trot. I actually don't mind the Cavs in this one, plus four-and-a-half. I think Milwaukee could win this one, but it should be very, very close. Like, Cleveland have sort of just, like, between Donnie Mitchell and go the throw Jared Allen, like, there's a little bit of size still on this team. They know what they're doing. The Bucks' defense is still worrisome. They'll be bringing Jay Crowder back in. You got Donnie. You got up against Dame. That should be a pretty good point guard matchup. So, yeah. I actually like Cleveland. Let's go. Miami, they go to Toronto. We saw the Heat just choke the living shit out of the Nets the other day. I'm going to go the Heat again, minus two and a half, with Tyler. There goes my hero, bam. Jimmy Butler's back. Toronto just too inconsistent at the moment for me. Uh, It is a two and a half point spread. Toronto, I think this is a really, really, really crucial game for them. Like their season might be on the verge of being cooked if they uh, don't string some wins together very, very, very soon. But I like Miami to win this one. Houston versus the New York Knickerbockers of New York City. It's a 1994 NBA Finals rematch. Uh, I'm going to go the Knicks minus four and a half. The Rockets suck on the road. We know that. Knicks might get Brunson back. Uh, depending on how his calf strain goes. Even if they don't have him, I still think they'll be a little bit too good for the uh, Rockets. San Antonio go to Boston. Boston are 14.5-point favorites. Celtics should romp that in. The Spurs are still a bit of a mess. Uh, Orlando take on Atlanta. They're 3.5-point underdogs on the road at Orlando. I don't know why. Atlanta is shit. I'm going to take Orlando plus 3.5 here. They just beat the Knicks in New York, Orlando even without Franz Wagner. So I'm taking the Magic, plus three and a half. New Orleans are 12 and a half point favorites against Charlotte. Charlotte do have LaMelo back, but they are still getting shit pumped as uh, they're a very bad basketball team. So I'm going to take the Pals, get a bit of uh, the big fellas out there and off they go. So uh, you've got Spindles, you've got Zion. They should be at home. They should be firing. 12 and a half points, Pelicans to smash the Hornets. Dallas go to the Lakers. This would be pretty interesting. Kyrie against his old mate LeBron. I'm going to go Dallas plus two and a half. It's a big question for me if like Derek Lively's playing. Uh, you give Dallas a bit of a shot. Kyrie, though, this should be another special, I think, against the Lakers. Give me Dallas plus two and a half. Golden State go to Utah. Utah are flying. Nine in the last ten. Uh, four and a half point favorites against this Warriors team that is an, an absolute degenerate mess at this point. Clay Thompson blaming everybody but himself. Uh, wearing his silly hat. Golden State. I can't take him with four and a half points even on the road in Utah. Give me Utah minus four and a half. The sex man and Larry, that's a girl's name, Markinen. They're playing really good, really good basketball at this point. And then finally, Brooklyn go to Portland. You might go, whoa, geez, Jim, this should be a get right win for Brooklyn. And you'd be right. I'm going to take them minus four and a half against the Blazers. They desperately need to win this game. Portland have been sneakily, sneakily real bad over the last couple of weeks. Um, Scoot 
has sort of stepped up and had a couple of nice moments. Uh, but they have also lost by 11 points to the Suns. Uh, I believe it was 23 points to the Wolves. Uh, that horrible 62-point loss to the Thunder. <laughs> but, yeah, four on the trot and they've gotten killed. They beat the Nets in Brooklyn a couple of, uh, what, a week and a half ago. I think Brooklyn get a little bit of uh, revenge there and turn around and win this one. So there you go. And that's it. Done for today. All right. We'll be back on deck tomorrow. Uh, probably from the office again, I think. Maybe. We'll see how we go. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face IG. We're all over the socials. You know that. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. We did uh, the big playoff week one wrap last night. It was a really fun show. We're setting up the divisional round. It's a really good one. So go check that out. NFL Australia. And, of course, the Cricket Today podcast as well as the Football Today podcast for all your soccer and cricket needs. Lots of good stuff there. Check us a rating and review for all of those shows across your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, whatever app you use on your phone. Please do it. It does help out. Come on. I ask for so very little. So very, very little. Just rate and review it. Uh, check us a, I don't know, if you want to buy some merch, nbastereo.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. And big thanks always go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their other bands, House Hats, Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Oh, Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. And that is it for today. i got to run. So we will catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And let her hoes now.